Greetings and beyond the new, and welcome back to this episode of Good Job Adventures. Last time around, the interlopers made their way into the quote-unquote secret maintenance tunnels that makes their way throughout the mountain. To be quite frank, I'm not entirely sure what sort of shenanigans they got into, as it appears as though there is something interfering with my scrying. Perhaps it is the inherent wild magic in the air. Beyond that, I do certainly hope that the party do not disturb the oncakes nesting there, as they are a vital facet of my research into wild magic. And beyond that, let us see what other sorts of things they get into, because I can see that they are emerging from the tunnels now. Good job, Adventures. Party, you are in front of a large set of ornate doors. Above the doors is kind of like a magical neon sign that just says Collections and Curiosities. So, uh, what do you think they're collecting behind here? I don't know, but it must be valuable. Also, uh, Ralph, you fell down that pit, right? How, how aren't you dead? Oh, uh, <laughs> so, uh, when I was falling down that pit, I used this sword. And Roth kind of pulls out his, uh, sword that he's been carrying. And I used it to, uh, muffle the impact, sorta. Kinda. It, uh, it lights on fire. And he says to the sword, Good luck. And it lights up. It's a pretty neat, uh, artifact I got. I'm pretty sure at this point we've, we've established that Roth is a glowing sword. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So about this door. Alright, fine. <laughs> I, I, I stick the sword back away as my minute of fame is over. Alright, cool. Elagos is gonna open the door. You notice that the doors are a bit heavy, but it's nothing, like, too difficult to move. You open them up, and you realize that immediately you're met with the skeleton of a dragon. You know how in museums, like, dinosaur skeletons are kind of mounted? Pretty much that exact same style of setup. Additionally, you realize that the collections department is set up like a museum. In the middle, there's the big fucking dragon skeleton. Along the walls, there are little inlets. On the ceiling, there's three large paintings that go across the entire room. Behind the dragon skeleton, there is what appears to be a 8x8 grid, and each tile is alternating between blue and beige. It's basically a chessboard. Back wall is a set of curtains that presumably are covering a giant window. Are, are we about to play like, some dragon trust? What the fuck's dragon trust? <laughs> I have a question. Uh, you said there were paintings on the ceiling, right? Yes. What uh, Would I have to like roll to see what they are, or is it fa fairly apparent? Oh, it's, it's extremely apparent what they are. Um, what you notice is that the ceiling is divvied up into, th into three sections. Closest to the door, to the back wall, directly above the party, there is a painting of an illithid with a top hat monocle and an Octodad-esque mustache with like little tentacles. It's just glaring menacingly down at the viewer. Its fingers are clasped. And you notice that around the Mind Flayer's head, a very ornate magic circle. And within the magic circle, there are like smaller circles, each of which have different draconic words written in them. Roth, you can tell that within each circle it just says like, oh, divination, transmutation, abjuration. Like, it, it names off each of the magical schools. Behind that, the center painting, 
one thing you notice is that of the three sections, the middle section is clearly the bigger of the three. The painting depicts a blue dragon laying on the ground, reaching out towards a vague, sort of humanoid figure comprised of blue energy that's kind of popping out of like a portal. And you notice that the ground that the dragon is sitting on is kind of like crumbling away. Behind the dragon painting, you see what appears to be a fairly cluttered workshop in the background. You know, it's kind of like a large circular thing that's like half built. In front of that, there's a woman with half-shaved neon pink hair kind of building a big mechanical humanoid. And next to her, there is a mechanical Shiba Inu with neon green stripes with a like a toolbox in its mouth. Oh, whoever designed this like ceiling is got some crazy styles. I don't know exactly what this is trying to tell me, but they've got a they got a crazy sense of decor. Can I roll history and determine what dragon that was, like the skeleton of the dragon? Oh, uh, go ahead. I want to make sure it's not Bone Tail. Oh my fucking god! This is this is not the fit. I got a twenty-five. Okay, so you assess the skeleton of the dragon. You can tell that it's a red dragon. And you do remember hearing about how a few hundred years back, a red dragon was killed in, like, kind of in this general area. So you can assume that that, that is the dragon. One of the other thing I mentioned about this little, whole, like, gallery setup is that next to each exhibit, there are two suits of armor next to them as, as if, like, they're, like, guards. And then there's a, like, blank plaque. Elagos is curious uh, to know what's behind the curtain. You, you suggested it's a window, but um, considering we're currently in like a, vol a dormant volcano or some such place, Elagos is curious to see what that window leads to. Okay. As Elagos makes his way towards the back of the gallery, you know some of the other things that are on display? There is a stone mask affixed to a mannequin. There's a cloak made of like very large bird feathers. There's a like a fiery cape. There is a green and blue pot with a massive shit-eating grin. And... Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. The stone mask, I was like, okay, I'm going to let that slide. But now you're, <laughs> you're fucking pushing it. What? You know what mm. you've done. I know exactly what I did. All right. So one at a time. So, Elagos, you get you make your way to the curtains. And I we just open them. Uh, I'll, I'll, like, peek behind just to make sure I'm not, like, going to see, like, a changing room or something. You peek behind it, and it, it, it actually is a massive window. All right, I'll pull back the curtain. Let some light into this room. Oh, no. If the light hits the ruby in that mask. My God, we're all fucked. Um, also, Elagos, other thing of note. As you were walking back, you saw that there was, a like, a giant fishbowl that has an almost, like, serpentine-like creature inside of it. Keep in mind, the fishbowl is, like, has a, a diameter of, like, 18 feet. This the serpentine creature is like probably like around six feet. That's big bowl for little snake. It is a big fucking bowl. So it's 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 not like a terrarium. It's just a tree up fish bowl. You know the really stereotypical fish bowl where it's kind of like mostly empty, save for like a tiny castle. It's pretty much that exact kind of setup. It's just kind of big. As Elagos is walking towards the backside to open up the window, I'm gonna skeet skeet on over to the chest tiles. Alright, so as you approach the chessboard, it is currently, like, there's nothing on it. Like, it's just, it's just empty. Is there, is there anything you want to, like, do with that, or...? Can I roll an Arcana check just to see if, like, I need to, like, cast anything? Or if this is, like, I actually need a chess piece for this? Like, I, I don't know if there's, like, something magical here. Roll Arcana. Okay. I have rolled a natural 20, which rolls in as a 29. 
yep, you kind of look this over and you're like, all right, this is clearly a very magical chessboard. Um, specifically, you can just kind of tell, okay, this there, there's some illusory hoo-ha behind it. So you probably are not going to need a, like, physical chess piece. And is this, you said it was on a board. Is this chess piece, like, level, like, I could place a chess piece on it? Or is it... No, 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 no. This, this might not have been clear. The chessboard is built into the floor. Ah, understood. Yeah, it's a giant, like, section of floor that's just, like, tiled to be a chessboard. And it is magical as fuck. Understood. Can I try stepping on where I would assume the king piece to be? Okay, so you step on the piece where the king would be, and as you do, in the corresponding space like to where the king would spawn on the other side of the board, a line with a black man appears in the king's spot. Uh, now, it's a com- it's actually just like a- an alive lion, or is this like... Because you already figured out that like, this shit is illusory, it is illusory. Okay. So I, I look at the lion and I kind of in, inspect. That's the only other piece that's been created here. Yep. Okay. Is this like that hologram thing in Star Wars that Chewbacca always plays? <laughs> no, it's more like the um, hologram thing from Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I whip out my dual disc uh, and let me see. <laughs> Can I try casting Ray of Frost at this illusory uh, like lion? Oh, I mean, if if you want to. Uh, one thing you notice about the. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in chess, the king can move any, like, direction once, right? Uh, yes, that is correct. Okay, so one thing you notice about you and the line is that the tiles all immediately surrounding you, they're all kind of, like, glowing. But you can try and cast Ray of Frost. Alright, so if I if I understood that correctly, then I'll call over to, uh, I'd say everyone but Elagos, because I noticed he was, like, kind of on a mission, going, okay. Hey guys, take a all look right. at this! Alright, Well, I, I would also so like to follow Elagos and take a look at that mask that he passed. Maybe some of the other items in this museum to see if they're worth stealing. Is this going to be like Cabin in the Woods, where, like, based on what artifact, we get to choose what our level boss is? No. <laughs> I totally didn't make a, like, Cars stat block. A, like, I don't know, a Dark Magician stat block. I thought you were talking about the movie Cars by Pixar. <laughs> I That was the first thing that came to my head, and I was like, Kerchiga? You've summoned <laughs> Fightning McQueen! I have my Mater stat block here. Oh, well, you're good. <laughs> Back on the topic. Uh, All right, so who wants to look at what artifact? I, I want to first look at the stone one, see if it's fancy, like, magical properties. I'll look at the fire one, the fire cloak. I also want to look at the winged cape. I'm still trying to open the window. <laughs> okay, so we'll do window first. So, Elagos, do you, you want to just, just crack the window open, bring in a breeze? Is that your plan? Well, it's like, there's like a curtain, right? I'm throwing back the curtain. It kind of like looks outward towards the desert that you walked to get here. Oh, okay, so just nothing special? At this current juncture, you see sand. Hmm. Alright, cool, I'm glad we prioritized this. How about that mask? <laughs> Alright, so, Arthos, you walk over to the stone mask. What you notice is just, you see that it's a stone mask that is attached to a mannequin by like long spidery fingers that just wrap around the head in the forehead there is a big sapphire additionally you notice that it is an elven face with like two prominent canine teeth tyler you went to the fiery cape correct yes okay so you walk over to it right right away this seems very vaguely familiar it looks almost like a feathery cape that is perpetually on fire from where the plaque is a somewhat small, illusory dragon face appears and says the following. 
A quaint garment made of phoenix feathers that allows one to briefly fly and throw a fireball. I can do both with ease. Owl, one thing you notice is that the illusory face that just gave you that little description is the same face of the dragon that's up on the painting in the ceiling. Can I try taking this cloak? How are we gonna try and grab it? Just like, just yoink it off? Uh, hmm. I guess I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna poke it with a... I don't know what I have to poke it with, actually. Oh, I have a staff. I'll poke it with my staff. Alright, so as you poke it with your staff, the two, like, suits of armor that are stationed near this fiery cloak, their heads turn towards you, their eye sockets glow red, and they say, No touchy! I will quickly walk until they cannot see me, and then use <laughs> Disguise Self to look like one of the suits of armor. Alright, so... How far away do you walk from the, like, guards? I'm gonna go into the stairwell, close the door, <laughs> and go back in. I'm not taking any chances. Gee, oh my god, alright. So yeah, you, you have assumed the guise of a of one of these suits of armor. What do you do? I walk up to Arthos and say, I got an idea. You touch this cloak, then the suits of armor will say no touching, but then I'll tell them, touching. I. this sounds like a plan to me. Let's go. I will walk over to this cloak. Okay. And I will touch it. The suits of armor look at you. They, they both, their heads turn to you. Their eyes glow red. No touchy. Touching. The, the suits of armor look as confused as suits of armor can be. They look to Owl. They're like, why he touchy? He earned cloak. You can hear the sound of like gears grinding as like these two suits of armor are trying to parse like what you just fucking said. You hear, like, you hear, like, a click from one of them. Uh, its eyes now glow green. Yes, he may touchy. I will don the cloak. You don the cloak. As you don the cloak, everyone who is not Roth, you get a hint of deja vu. This fiery cloak made of phoenix feathers looks really fucking familiar. I it feels like I've worn this before, maybe. Or I've seen it worn before. What a weird sense. Didn't say where. I will take the cloak off. <laughs> <laughs> and then I whisper to him, I, but then in exchange, let's take a look at this feathery one. All right. And if anyone else wants to jump in on the scheme, they can. Like a montage. A montage of touching. I will take a look at the very avaricious looking pot. From the nearby plaque, the same illusory dragon face appears, and it says the following. The goblin who sold me this vessel informed me that it allows one to draw two. I am thoroughly perplexed by what that could mean. Elagos reaches out towards the knot of greed. No touching! Touching! Hmm. It's a very complicated command. Why he able to touch it? He earned it! <laughs> This is the same fucking thing. <laughs> I thought you were going to come up with something different. Heart of pure virtue. He able to touchy. Very convincing roleplay. You're, you're able to lift the glass case up. You just like drop it on the floor, gently place it down or what? <laughs> it just throws it to the ground. Just smash it. I don't know. <laughs> I'll just toss it to the side. You acquire the avaricious vessel of... The vessel of I'm too lazy to look up synonyms for greed. Jar of greed is a thing. Pot of avarice is a thing. Pot of extravagance is a thing. The container of gluttony. 
Speaking of flavor, I'm going to take a look at that alcoholic bottle. After the touchy, let me take the reins on this one. I got something for it. I wanted to take a look at that, too. Yeah, let, let Jada look at the fucking alcohol. A rare bottle of gin that was distilled in the Feywild. It can grant glibness to those who can resist its immense potency. 190 proof. I want this. Wait. Harris, is this what I fucking think it is? What is it? Yes. Oh my god. What is it? Oh, it's- oh no. What is it? No one's gonna get that. We may need to post that exchange to the Twitter. Either way, <laughs> it's a very, very convincing model of gin. Again, I want this. <laughs> Gimme. No touchy. Touchy. Elagos is gonna stroll on up and present them with his newfound artifact and go, Pot of Greed allows me to touch two artifacts and add them to my bag. <laughs> the... <laughs> Alright, so the, you know what the dial-up noise is? They go into, like, maximum overdrive. <laughs> One of the guards' heads explodes. The other just kind of, like, collapses. Jander, you are free to acquire the bottle of gin. Task failed successfully. Who here is able to read Sylvan, if anyone? Is that part of Primordial? No, Sylvan is, is basically face speak. Elagos is. Alright, so Elagos... You see- what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck do I see? This bottle is called the Convincing Gin. Massive brain fart aside, um, there's a little indicator that it's, a, that it's 190 proof. There's a little descriptor that more or less reads either, hey, this shit will either make you incredibly drunk or incredibly charismatic. I think there are two more things to look at in here. Uh, three, because there's still- at this point there's the Feather Cloak, the Shark Bull, a small hand mirror, Arthos, you walk up to this cloak. It is a very long, flowing cloak made of feathers that are primarily, like, blue, red, and with a little hint of yellow, and it's super fucking ornate. A cloak I commissioned as a way to immortalize my precious rock sweetie. This consists entirely of her feathers from her younger years. Do you think it be the same rock that killed that purple worm? Roth from very far away says, Pick up the fucking cloak! All the way from the other side of the room. I fine. I look at the guard as I go out to touch. I say, touchy. You can't touchy. As the guard says this, one of them just reaches in, picks up the cloak, and then just kind of like gives it to you. They're not even trying anymore. They're not. Whatever internal fucking AI that would be protecting this shit has just kind of given up. Maybe. And then let's just go over and take that mask then. I if this be just a free loot haul, then might as well take the rest. Yeah, Elgos is going to take the hand mirror. Uh, listen to the legendary dragon first, though. So, hand mirror. Uh, this mirror allegedly tells one how to escape a dire situation. However, whenever I've tried using it, it nothing happens. I presume that it is br broken. Uh, as you take the mirror, what you know, notice is that, like, the mirror kind of, like, I guess, like, statics for a bit, and then shows a brief glimpse of a person that looks kind of like you. Decked out to the balls in, like, paladin armor, battling robot dogs. And then it just, like, goes back to being a blank mirror. I can't make heads or tails of this. Uh, Elagos is going to stow the mirror for now. So as Elagos stows away the mirror, the party hears a loud fucking boom come from outside. Oh, fuck, the second shooter. <laughs> no, what the party sees is multicolored lightning bolts just kind of barrage the ground outside of the, like, mountain. 
And with each lightning strike, different weird fucking shit happens. Like, a green lightning bolt hits the ground, causing not only, like, a pine tree, but a small alpine forest with a tiny, like, snow cloud above it. A blue lightning bolt hits the ground. There's now suddenly a giant squid on roasting on the sand. A purple lightning bolt hits the ground, and it's a whole section of, like, sand disappears. A yellow lightning bolt hits the ground, and, like, the impact site, it, se it was seemingly, like, magically transmuted into, like, a combination of metal and wood. Everyone from where they're seeing sees the multicolored lightning. You don't necessarily immediately see, like, what happened, but, like, if you walk over to the beer, you, you'll see, like, spontaneous alpine forest and a surprise desert squid and whatnot. All right, uh... Roth kind of just like sees multicolored lightning. Um, can he roll Arcana on that? Cause that's that's kind of that's kind of weird. Absolutely. All right, I rolled a fifteen. All right, so with your fifteen, you can discern that this is a a particularly potent wild magic storm. Hey, you guys, you saw that uh, lightning, right? I kind of hard to miss. Well, yeah, that that wasn't lightning. That's wild magic. That's pretty weird. What, what's going on over there? I, I don't want to move from my location. Why not? Well, look at this thing. And, like, I kind of point towards, like, the lion that's on the opposite end. So, about that lightning. <laughs> I think it's, uh, people called me crazy. And they were right. But it's a sign of the impending apocalypse. I don't think that's correct. Uh, Harris, looking out the window, um... Do I see, like, an origin point for the storm? You can assume that, like, from your vantage point, it's kind of hard to see exactly where it came from, but you can assume that the the, mad, the wild magic lightning bolts originated from the, the omnipresent storm cloud that hovers above the mountain. It appears to be coming from the omnipresent cloud that hovers above the mountain's apex. That's oddly specific, but that's, that's concerning. Uh, wild magic is bad. Like... No good. You think that this, uh, this dragon's harnessing the wild magic, perhaps? This dragon? And I point to the dead dragon skeleton. Another dragon. I thought there was a dragon up there. I'm under that impression as well, but, I mean, from what I can tell, and, like, I, I, I took a look at this kind of stuff, but wild magic ain't, uh, it ain't too good. As indicated by the name, it's pretty wild. Usually when you use it, stuff starts breaking. And by stuff, I mean where you are. So I, I'm kind of, it's kind of yikes. I don't know about you guys. Aye, wild magic running wild. Sounds natural to me. It's the direct opposite of, of natural, but it mostly it's formed on purpose or by mistake. All right, Um, I think we've held it off long enough. We're going to need to address this chess. On my way to the chessboard, I'm just going to Grab the mask and t toss it to the automation that is Tyler. Alright, so Arthos, as you go to grab the mask, the two, like, automata guarding it, both grab your arm. Touchy mask, bad idea. Aye, it's not for me, do not worry. It's for another of your kind. Touching. And I point over at, uh... Touching. At the guy <laughs> yelling touching right now. No, nobody touch masky. I release mask and say... Aye, what about ye? Can ye touch the mask? More dial-up noises ensue. <laughs> no touchy. Nobody touchy. Can I take, grab the robot by the hand and force it to touch the mask? 
Uh, that would be a contested uh, athletics. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to try to give him advantage, I'm going to say to the other robot, let it happen. After a bit of dial-up noise, Arthos, you have advantage. Uh, double 15. The automata rolled an 18. So, as you try to force its hand onto the, um, the mask, it says, no touchy, me no touchy mask, nobody touchy mask. I find be that way. Elagos is going to sneak up from behind a touchy mask. Uh, roll stealth. Can I make a commotion? <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That is, a, that is a natural one. All right. So you try really hard to, like, sneak over to the fucking pedestal with the mask. He gets caught in the window curtains. And... I like that better. Elagos is now just, like, somehow got his ass tangled up in um, the curtains. He's like, oh, no, get me out. I pull out the hand mirror for help. I'm in a very dire situation. As this is a benign situation, nothing really happens. I mean, agree to disagree, <laughs> but go on. You're, you're trapped. You're, you're tra- tangled up a curtain. You're fine. All right. So, uh, chess. I we can come back to it when they. Just a reminder: there's still the fishbowl that the party has to interact with. Fuck that fishbowl. Or does? Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So, back to the chessboard. Roth is on the king spot. There is a lion on the other side's king spot. I don't know what you'd call it. Elagos is going to take queenside rook spot. Uh, queenside rook spot. Um, a rock golem appears, and it's like, the top of its head looks kind of like the top of a castle tower. Also, the golem is made of obsidian. Alright. Anybody else? I'll go as the queen. When Owl steps in the queen's space, a human-sized Tiamat appears. Okay, I'll stand in the, um, king-side knight. A centaur with ebony fur appears, and they are wielding a pike. And I'll stand in the bishop's spot, uh, next to the queen. A woman of color in, like, priestly robes appears. The woman is wielding a quarterstaff that is topped with an emblem of Big Hef. As the party can ascertain, they are clearly the white side of the board, so they have the first move. Uh, do we have illusionary pawns now, or no? We just have to move ourselves. Nope, there are no pawns. It is your five pieces versus the opposing five pieces you have conjured. I really wish I could visualize this. This is <laughs> Yeah, because it's hard to visualize right now, but it's pretty much... Hang on, we, we can do this. We have technology. Can we... <laughs> Can we quickly create this board position, or should we just do it? We fucking- we have rule 20, let's just do it. Give me a second, I'm working on it. Metagaming will have to post, like, the board position to Twitter, too. One minute, 37 seconds later. No, this is- Morgan's right, this is- No, it isn't, I said don't- I said that the- It's just ignore it. Don't worry about it. It's the wrong dimension. It's big enough to fit all of us, so we're Uh, good. We- it's- Yeah, there's a- No, that's not how chess works, there's a- you need eight dimensions. There's a- there's a row right here, alright? Two very boring minutes later. Yeah. Oh, wait, one more. We need one, two, three, four, five, six. We don't know what this is moving. We're not going to know which is which. So much later that the old narrator got tired of waiting, and they had to hire a new one. So we're mirrored like that, then? That is the point, Corley. All right, so party has the first move. After that, like, literal five minutes of setup. We lit... Okay. Feels metagaming that I was chess club president, but the first thing we should do is, like... I think we could checkmate them, probably. Take the rook? You could take the opposing rook. Alright, Elgo should charge before he gets charged. Actually, oh yeah, if, if I take the opposing rook. Okay, so as you do, the illusion fades. 
the illusion of all the fucking pieces. And the part I notice is that kind of where the um, opposing king and queen are, the floor kind of begins to collapse and form a stairwell. We didn't win yet, though. Winning the game might not have been the solution to the puzzle. Oh. Did we need to even make this yeah. one? <laughs> I don't think you needed to. Alright, let's go down the stairs. Aye, problem solved. You put way more thought into that than I thought you would. Alright, so, you have vanquished the chest puzzle. You go down the stairs, it leads to a small door. Or no, it leads to a small room, at the opposite end of which is a mithril door. Above the mithril door is an inscription in common that says knock twice to enter. Alright, uh, I, I knock on the door twice. As you knock on the mithril door, uh, the middle of the door forms into a mouth and says, Who's there? I'm here. In response, the door says, Oh, go away. Alright, you wanna you wanna be like that then, eh? So I kinda like roll up my sleeves and then I actually cast knock on the door. As you cast knock, a couple of things happen. One, the door clearly winces in pain. It's like, ow, you don't have to knock so loud. Additionally, the same illusory face that has been kind of omnipresent throughout this entire little gallery appears again and says, Ha! You silly interloper. I respect your guile, but a simple knock will not be enough to get by. And then the illusory head disappears. And knock twice, eh? I, I roll up the other sleeve. You cast knock again. The door fucking winces and says who's there. I am here. Now open up. I ain't got time for this. In response to saying I am here, the door says I am here who? Ah. <sighs> I- oh my fucking god! <laughs> let me- let me give this a try. Uh, Elgos knocks on the door. Alright, you knock on the door. The door says who's there. Lettuce. Lettuce who? Uh, Elgos pulls out the bomb from his pocket. Let us in or you'll regret it. The door, despite not having eyes, you can tell it's- it kind of vaguely contorts itself into a pensive stance. Being- as though it is presented with a bomb. After a short mulling over, the door loudly states, Yes, you have been granted clearance, and it swings open. As the party walks in beyond the knock-knock joke door, the party makes their way into another, like, small square room against the back wall. There's a very ornate longsword hung up on the wall. As the party enters the room, the illusory face appears and says, Ah, oh, yes, Wormsbane. Crafted by the Acer down in the forge and enchanted by the archaeology department, this very blade was used to slay the dragon Narkabira. And then the face disappears. Roth, you notice that on the blade of the sword it just has Wormsbane written on it in Draconic. Uh, can I roll history on the name Narkabira? Or if I'm saying that right? Uh, Narkabira, yes. Narkabira. Eleven history. Okay, so you're aware that Narkabira was a red dragon, lived in this vicinity a long fucking time ago, and died. He lived, he was here, he died. We came, we saw, he died. Anyone want to nab that one? I'll grab it. Even though I don't use swords. I can take a look at it. I grab it. <laughs> so, I will, you reach forth and grab Wormsbane. The cross guard is meant to resemble a pair of draconic wings and the handle resembles the body of a dragon and the pommel is basically just a dragon with its mouth open and inside the dragon's mouth is a sapphire it is a very bougie blade 
I start doing some moves in the air with the sword. Like, like fancy, like, sword flourishy shit? Yeah. Should I roll performance? <laughs> yes. A nat 20! I will you demonstrate some sick, nasty sword maneuvers. Almost convince the party that, like, oh, this guy knows how to use a fucking sword. Holy shit. It is a beautiful and elegant display of deftness with a sword. If I saw Nab Garada, I'd slice him down right now. I, I was about to say, you wouldn't be able to handle such a weapon, but you've proven us all wrong. I agree. Ye shall have the honor to wield it. You just see, like, the smile drop from Owl's face when Arthur slights him like that. Owl will not forget that. <laughs> all right, we got a sword, we got, uh, we got a, we got a, uh, a pot. What else did we get? We got a cloak, a hand mirror, and a chess game. Very bold of you to say we when you were just sitting on that chessboard for most of the hour. <laughs> All right, fine. I say the collective we, you know. it's. I'm not saying that it's mine. not saying that it's, you know, necessarily yours, but... Is there anything else of interest in this room? I'll, I'll go check out the, fla the face, uh... What do you call it? The, the face... The fish? Plaque. No, next to the next to the big the I big skeleton. To say fish. All right. So a, a, so as you approach the uh, plaque near the skeleton, your perce passive perception is very fucking high. You see that on the dragon's like on top of the skull, there's a very tiny dunce cap. <laughs> and as you get closer to the plaque, the illusory face appears and says, "Here lies Na Kabira." Ignoramus and Ulceran. I goaded him into attacking Barca Point, where the elven assassin I had retained awaited her quarry. Uh, can I try to, like, get the cap? You want a dunce cap. He could be giving it to someone. Funny that Arthur should speak up at this exact moment, however. I mean, here's the thing. You can, uh, it's probably, like, ten feet off the ground because of how the dragon's skeleton is positioned. I just walk up and do my... Warlock jump and grab it for him. You do you do jump up like I, I picture Roth like reaching up like I want it Like like someone will reach about the cookie <laughs> jar and then I will just like Bounces up and just snatches it. I put the dunce cap on his head as I fall down from the sky after I grab the cap I take a look to admire it. It is a dunce cap made of parchment There is stuff that it is a thoroughly unremarkable dunce cap as of it's made of parchment and dunce is written in draconic that's fucking it. Alright, so I kind of look at it and I go, Now this, this is truly an amazing magical artifact. Thank you. Thank you, Awul. Are you trying to lie to the party? No, I'm just saying that. <laughs> if they, if they want to take it. As he's saying that, I walk over to the mask where those two automatons still are. And I say, Yo, automatons, try this on for size. This statement is false. What? And then I cut their heads off. <laughs> I used the paradox. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck? And then I cut their heads off as they're trying to process that with my new sword. Here's how I'm going to do this. Going to roll a quick intelligence save. Oh, God. On their collective intelligence save, they rolled a 17. However, they're still stunned. So you can attack them with advantage. Okay. As they're still, like, trying to, like, parse out this simple statement. What should I use for my attack roll? Just a d20 plus my proficiency? D20 plus strength, because you're not proficient with swords. Okay. While this is being calculated, I just, I feel like the audience needs to realize what we've been staring at for the past, like, ten minutes. You've got a, a picture, a picture of some Zoroastrian deity or prophet or something who's been given anime eyes, Pikachu cheeks, and is... A speech bubble that says kawaii desu. 
I imagine it would be extremely offensive to any Zoroastrianism followers here. I had no part in this. Anyway, I rolled a 24 on my attack roll, hoping to do like a fluid motion, like a swinging, almost like a whirlwind strike to cut off both of these heads. Uh, yeah, you do that. You do, you, you do a fancy little, like, spit attack and just lop, lop, and then the heads fall on the ground, the body slump over. One of the heads falls into Arthas's hands, and I say, no touching. But then I, I grab the mask. I purchased this thing from an antique dealer who had recently explored ancient elven ruins. A single drop of blood caused those horrid and gaunt fingers to spring forth. <laughs> I put it in my bag. You, you pocket the stone mask. Well, we got everything we came here for. D did we look at the snake yet? No one went to the fishbowl. I look at the snake. Okay, so you walk you walk over as you get closer to the fishbowl, you realize that the occupant of the fishbowl is it's not necessarily a snake. If you want to determine what it actually is, what kind of animal it is, roll me a nature check. It's an 11. All you can tell is that based off of the gills and the side of its face, it's probably a fish as opposed to a snake. This byproduct of wild magic was gifted to me by some acquaintances from the Navy. Apparently, it's from the same cloth as more ancient sharks. Alright, I, I leave the snakefish. The fishbowl sprouts a pseudopod and kind of, like, reaches towards you. Not as if, it, as if it's trying to, like, capture you, but it's like, No, attention! Why are you going away? As a, um, seaman... I'm just gonna, yeah. You could have picked any other fucking word. As a seaman, I would like to see if I recognize this creature. Nature with advantage. Oh, that's Paul. Boosh. Uh, that is a 20 and a 25. You know that this is a frilled shark. Frilled sharks are, again, kind of as I mentioned, serpentine, like vaguely serpentine sharks. Their name derives from how um, they have their gills. and kind of like red filaments kind of extend out of their gills like a frill. Um, and their, their mouths are lined with, like, kind of, like, rows of three-pointed teeth. And the creature's, like, a dull brown. There. You know what a frilled shark is now. How big was the fishbowl again? The fishbowl has a diameter of 18 feet. The shark itself is, like, six feet. I feel like I have been educated against my will. It It's almost like I sort of use D&D &D as a way to, like, flex my knowledge of, like, animals and paleontology sometimes. So Harris watched Shark Week, and now he thinks he's above everybody else in the podcast. You see another display. Is that Mike oh Tyson? Oh my god. <laughs> Alright, so why don't, we, why don't we head on up and kill that dragon? Aye, but before that, Aul, uh, ye help me get these two cloaks, so do you want one? You know what? I got this sweet sword, and I got this mask. I'm feeling slightly more generous than normal. So I'll only take one of them. <laughs> Which one do you want? Now, I assume this conversation is had as the party is, like, making the way out of the, like, museum, correct? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna look over to uh, Ander and Roth and say, Hi, hello. Uh, hi. All right, Ander, you can have the... I'll take the fire cloth from, uh... Arthas. I almost forgot the seaman's name. Uh, and I say, all right, Ander... And then I give it to Roth. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and uh, well, after he takes that cloak, I don the Roth feather cloak. All right. So as the party is donning their newfound magical hoo-ha, the door to the gallery swings open. As the party stared down, 
by an especially pissed off blue dragon who says in a, at this point, very familiar voice, Greetings and beyond for new interlopers. Oh, fuck. Can we skip this plaque? Thanks for listening to this episode of Good Job Adventures. If you like what you just heard, be sure to let us know by leaving a rating and subscribing to the podcast. For business inquiries, questions too or about the cast members, or if you can account for your whereabouts on the night of the 16th, contact us at goodjobadventures at gmail.com. For everything else, follow us on Twitter at GJ Adventures. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.